Josh Bertaccini joining us, the voice of that part of the country. I've been waiting a long time for this. The moment you've been waiting for. JB, maybe you can do commentary live. And the show that everyone's been talking about. Not the game that I go out there and die for and play every game like it's my last. It's time for the real NWA JP. At least I work the place that you can find when you're looking for it. Follow, watch, and listen across social media at the real NWA JP. Okay, all right, it's all about the little things. Streaming live on YouTube, Podbean, and worldwide at therealnwajp.com. You were man on fire last night on the post game. Your boy is back. I'm back! And so is football season. This is primetime television here, folks. Here's your host, Josh Bertaccini. Well, I hope you're feeling okay after all that sugar last night. Let me tell you what, that was uh, that was a fun Halloween, y'all. Great to have you on board. It's the Real NWA JB. It is the 1st of November, 2023, so we are barreling into the proverbial future, as we say on the show each and every day. So glad to have you on board, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. I, I really... I'm of the mindset now that this is not only the way of the future, but the way of right now, too. You want to listen to this show on your own time. So if you're making it happen and you're doing it live, way to go, my friends. Way to go. And if you're doing it on the time shift, a little DVR on the on the digital radio, you're listening back on your lunch break or maybe on the drive home, whatever. That works, too. Follow, listen, watch, subscribe at The Real NWAJB. As we do a lot of Arkansas and Florida conversation, it's been fun this week to get back into football. We'll enjoy it while we got it. I know it's been a struggle, bus of a season for the Arkansas Razorback football team, but you you got four games left. I'm not holding my breath about this team going to a bowl game. We're not asking you a question of the day anymore. Will this team make a bowl game? It sure seems like that ship has sailed. Hanging out with my friend Peyton Hillis, walking around the neighborhood, doing a little trick-or-treating last night. He's like, JB! I don't know if that ship has totally sailed. They could go 4-0 in November. I'm like, P. Diddy, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And he's like, no, I don't either. But you know what? You can hope. You can hope. You can cross your fingers. And our question of the day is already up for you right there on the social media. Let's put it on the digital radio right now, too. What is going to happen on Saturday in the swamp? What is going to happen on Saturday in the Swamp, Arkansas and Florida at 11 o'clock Central Time. We'll get it going at noon on the East Coast right there in Gainesville. I've never been to Gainesville. I don't know many, how many of y'all have. I've been to Florida many, many times in my life, but I've never even driven through Gainesville. It's kind of up in that little northeast nook there of the state of Florida. And if you're not purposely you know, trying to get there, you don't end up there. It's supposed to be a cool town. Swampy for a reason, right? Humid and hot as all get out, really spring through fall. But right now, it'll be the weather's supposed to be decent. It'll be in the 60s, 70s, and you'll have a little breeze. We're hoping the rain stays away. Get some more into the weather forecast we get later in the week because what good does it do us right now on a Wednesday? But looks like the weather's going to be mostly okay. And what do we know about Gainesville? I mean, Arkansas has never won a football game there. 
Never won a basketball game there. I think what they maybe they won their first basketball game there a couple years ago. I think they might have done that, but very little success for the Razorbacks across the board in the world of sports throughout the years in Gainesville, Florida. And um, look, I mean, not a lot of good things come out of Gainesville. Tom Petty, that's a pretty great one. That's about it. I mean, as far as I'm concerned. Now, Florida Gator football, not what it used to be. This ain't the Steve Spurrier days. This is not the days of Urban Meyer. Heck, it's not Dan Mullen, who had a couple of really good years there before things got wonky haywire on him real quick. But I think there's a... There's an element of Florida Gator history that hangs over that program every day, no matter what's happening. And I feel like Billy Napier, their current coach, is actually starting to pull the Atlas a little bit, right? He's lifting it above his shoulders, right? Atlas carried the world metaphorically, right? Feels like Billy Napier is pushing the shoulders and pushing the arms up over his head now, using that strength. And he's got the Gators going a little bit, more so than what we've seen out of them Certainly at some other times, McIlwain was not the guy, clearly, and they have had issues finding a guy who can consistently make them what they once were. I think a lot of programs fall into that rut, that kind of blind spot of thinking where you end up chasing the past. You're eager to go and make it happen all over again. I'm thinking of The Great Gatsby and F. Scott Fitzgerald. What a great book that is. Where, you know, the main character in the book is basically trying to recreate the past and do it over again. And what is one of the key lessons of that beautiful book? At the end of it, the real story is no matter what you're chasing in your life, you can't repeat the past. You just can't do it. You got to find ways to go forward and reinvent yourself and keep evolving. Kind of like we're doing here on the morning show, right? In the postgame shows with Team B Media. And uh, if you get too caught up in the past and chasing what you once were, you never move forward. You stop progressing. And so I think Billy Napier has at least, at least changed the culture up within that Florida program. They looked like they were going to crumble earlier on this year. And instead, the Gators have kind of gathered themselves. That was a big comeback win for them against South Carolina. Now, I know they come off a loss to Georgia by three touchdowns. And that was not a pretty football game. Now, I was at the Arkansas-Purdue basketball game. And despite the many hats I wear... In sports broadcasting, I've learned it's impossible to be two places at once, no matter how hard you try. So while I wanted to be planted in front of a TV, watching the cocktail party, I also, more importantly, wanted to be at Arkansas-Purdue, and I think I chose well on that one, considering, I don't know, I'm a Razorback sports talker. But, you know, watching some highlights, looking at the box score, looks like Florida came out with some energy, and Georgia played one of its better football games of the year. No Brock Bowers, their All-America tight end, not in a mix for them, which doesn't help really whatsoever for Georgia's offense. And yet they, you know, 43 points on the board is 43 points. So they wiped Florida out in the cocktail party last week. I think the Gators didn't expect to be ultra-competitive in that football game, and so probably didn't take the loss or feel the loss as deeply and painfully as they would have otherwise. But there's an element right now when it comes to Arkansas and Florida of trying to change a narrative, not just for the Gators, and it's good to get some perspective on Florida here early on this morning as we talk a little bit about them. Josh Bertaccini with you in the Team B Media Bunker studio. We're doing it for 90 Minutes Live. you got the post-show podcast for another, what, hour, 45 minutes, whatever, every day. And, of course, people's post-game shows 
on Saturdays after each and every football and basketball game all season long. I think Arkansas is also trying to change the narrative, more so within its own season. I don't think Arkansas was in quite the crisis moment that Florida is headed into the year. Now, you could say that expectations, self-expectations, are delusional there in Gainesville, that they are not ever, talking about chasing the past, going to be what they once were. Steve Spurrier's not coming back. Danny Werfel's not coming back. You know what I mean? Tim Tebow's not coming back. Urban Meyer's not coming back. And even if they did, it wouldn't be the same. So you look at the Florida Gators, they're not what they once were. And you're competing against Florida State, who's had a nice come up again. Central Florida, who's in a major conference now. It's a big change for them. Miami, much more relevant now than they were for a while, even though they're not nearly at the heights they once were. But Georgia ripping it up. You have so much competition right now. From a recruiting standpoint, I don't think Florida's ever going to be the juggernaut that it once was. Then again, people said that about Alabama until Nick Saban got that one rolling again. So never say never. For Arkansas, look, we'd be remiss if we didn't touch on that perspective out the gates here in Razorback land. It's been a rough season. It's been difficult to watch and digest, and I don't think you need me to tell you that. You know it with your own eyes. You watch the games. It's not a team that's getting worked. The Razorbacks have been in... Every game all season, including against Alabama, it's probably the best team they played. And that was the best game I thought Arkansas played. That showed me some heart and some stick to And I think I bought too much in to what I saw there. You know, the deal in sports, never as good as you look consistently and never as bad as you may have looked consistently. Somewhere in the middle. And Arkansas... I mean, against Mississippi State showed you it was probably closer to the other end of the spectrum. Just a woeful performance. You get the OC fired. You're into a bye week. Sam Pittman closing practice to the media. Not that we get to see a lot of it anyway. It's basically stretching, you know, the first five, ten minutes of it. But things have gotten a little Kremlin-esque, a little closed doors-ish on the University of Arkansas campus as Sam Pittman tries to salvage the season and rescue his tenure. As the head coach here at Arkansas, I don't care how much people like Sam Pittman. It's interesting to me. Talk about spectrums and pendulums and how things swing. You know, four or five weeks ago, everybody wanted Sam Pittman. It seemed like the the lunatics fringes wanted Sam Pittman to have a reckoning, if not be chased out the door. Now you get what you want. You have an OC swapped out. And it seems like maybe that was the bloodletting that needed to happen because Hog fans now seem to almost be on Sam Pittman's side. I don't quite get that. I don't know if it's a size thing so much as the trend of your program is is going the wrong way. You can't bring Sam Pittman back if he goes over the season in the SEC. You just can't. It's a terrible look. It's like agreeing that you stink. If you're Hunter Juracek and you acquiesce to the moment and you make no more changes and Arkansas doesn't show any signs of life at the end of the year, I mean, you're in a spot where it has to it has to be different. You just you can't bring it back again. You can't go over the league and take yourself seriously in football, okay? Now, they haven't gone over the league yet. Question of the day is up. What's going to happen in the Swamp on Saturday? We'll go four options up for you on the board. Four options. I thought it was win or lose. Gators win big. Gators win close. Zebras steal it because you know you're going to get some crazy calls against you. Or perhaps Arkansas finally gets that huge win we've been waiting for. And it would be a huge win. Not that you're guaranteed to turn around the next week against Auburn and get yourself another big win, but the odds start to go up. You're back at home. You've ended the drought. And and who knows, right? Kind of like Peyton Hill said to me last night or Frank Broyles said to 
the Razorbacks, you know, 50 years ago. They remember November. And they do. Folks remember. It's a recency bias kind of thing. We remember what happened most recently. And so Sam Pittman is serious about being a head coach and trying to improve and making this thing last for at least another year or two into the future. We better win himself a football game. And probably more than one. And you best not lose to Florida International. But if you go one in three and your only win in November is against Florida International, mm-mm. it's not good enough. It's just not good enough. That's where we are with Razorback football. Oh, we're beyond the crossroads now. This thing is getting late fast. And it's November the 1st. It's 2023. Coming at you live from the Bunkus studio, your boy, JB in the house. We got Billy Napier sound coming up here in 20 minutes. Looking forward to that. Jackson Collier will join us live on the show at 8 o'clock as we get a little football and basketball talk in with him. Get your thoughts in on the phones. Of course, Podbean Live, get in the chat room with us. And as we're doing the show, when we get to those moments and spots where we can take calls, like, I mean, coming up here after the, the headlines, put in a call request. Make sure you got a nickname at least on your profile, and uh, we'll take some calls like we do on the post-game shows at The Real NWA JB. Making it happen here every weekday morning, Monday through Friday, two and a half months in, uh, 50-plus morning shows in. Not that anybody's counting or keeping score, except for Chuck in Greenland with the stopwatch, as we know. Great to have some lunch with Chuck yesterday, by the way. That was delicious. A little barbecue action, it writes. Um, it's so good. So good, Chucky. But the fact of the matter is, you got a million and one ways to listen to this thing. Uh, podcast platforms everywhere. Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, you Podchaser, or live at our website, right? That's a good way to do it, too, at therealnwajb.com. we got a lot to get into today, so we're just warming this thing up. On a Wednesday, the 1st of November, it's going to warm up today a little bit, too. It was frigid last night on Halloween. Hope everyone had a good night. You're shaking the sugar cobwebs off. You're stocked up. On that chocolate for the next 12 months. Man, we got a lot of chocolate in the house right now. Shh, don't tell the kids. And we'll get after it from every which angle as we take a quick break. Rangers on the threshold. Yeah. Talk a little World Series too. JB coming right back as we make it happen for the Bunker Studio. When it's time to feast down with your crew, you got to go to Golden Corral, a family-friendly buffet chain featuring all-you-can-eat American food. They're open 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. every weekday. Weekends starting that delicious breakfast buffet at 7.30 on Saturdays and Sundays. There's not a better location for a restaurant around, right where Main Drive in Johnson meets College Ave in Fayetteville. GoldenCorral.com, online for the full menu. Golden Corral at 4507 North College Ave, proud sponsor of JB's Arkansas Razorback coverage all season long. Hey folks, this is Matt Reese from Sign Studio. We are Northwest Arkansas's largest sign company, and we can be there for any of your signage needs. I am so excited to be a part of JB's Razorback football coverage all season long. He is a Jets fan, but he's actually an okay guy too. When he asked me for help with business card show signs and marketing advice, I was there for him because that's what I do. I help people brand their businesses with the best sign production in Northwest Arkansas. Call me today, Sign Studio, 479-250-4844. 
When you want to make it a special night, make it a Herman's night. They've got the best baby back ribs in town, and their steak, mm, second to none. Barley, chicken, grilled salmon, you've got to see the menu for yourself. Herman's is located at 2901 North College Ave, right in the heart of Fayetteville. Their staff is super friendly, and their catering game is strong. See them on Instagram, at Herman's Rib House. For a great meal, it's Herman's in Fayetteville. If you don't know, now you know. When it's 5 o'clock, or you just want to blow off some steam, or maybe just see some familiar faces. Folks, I'm talking about Brewskies on Dixon in Fayetteville. It's been my favorite watering hole for a long time, and I think you'll love it too. Brewskies has an awesome array of beverages. They're located in the heart of Razorback Land at 408 Dixon Street, and their staff, well, it's top-notch tremendous. Look for food nights from great local chefs as well. Follow on Instagram for more info at Brewskies Draft. Proud sponsor of The Real NWA, JB. When the game is in the books and the crowd heads home, it's time for the People's Post Game Show with JB. Streaming live on the Podbean app and YouTube at The Real NWA JB. 90 minutes of post game reaction to what just happened in your Razorback game. Calls, texts, and social media reaction, plus sound from the Hedgehog himself. It's the People's Post Game Show, 15 minutes after every Razorback game. Live on YouTube and Podbean, a TV media production. Streaming live on YouTube, Podbean, and worldwide at TheRealNWAJB.com. Rocket and rolling on the first day of November. Hope your month is off to a good start as we settle into the Bunker Studio and Team B Media Productions, making this happen for you as we come at you live each and every morning, 7 a.m., getting after it, doing it for an hour and a half, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little more. Nobody but Chuck and Greenlee keeping score. He is our official scorekeeper on this show. And he has, you know, the deductions and the account additions, and he... He has a bottom line for me every month, and if I'm in the red, he lets me know. There are penalties. You know, luxury taxes for baseball teams that spend too much money. If we don't hit our exact quotas on time, I get fined by Chuck and the Sports Radio Universe, and uh, I, don't, I don't have a lot of money to pay those fines. So let's not get fined. Is the FCC still there watching? You know they are. You know they are. I could turn into Joe Rogan and start dropping F-bombs all over. It would just diminish this program, wouldn't it? And it wouldn't be the way I talk like that Larry over the weekend. When's JB going to go no holds barred? I mean, this pretty much is me no holds barred, bro. It's me talking from my brain. I don't need to use four-letter words to make my points. Man. All right. Um, game is on Saturday. Arkansas and Florida as we do some headlines. Hogs and Gators, 11 a.m., which is good here in three days. We get to knock this one out early and get the show on the road. Post-game ETA, 2.30. I think rock and roll for our post-game on YouTube, streaming the video, and of course the audio here on Podbean Live. And then we post those shows up after they're completed as well. Hogs are a six-point dog on the road against a Florida team that is not great, but has played with a little more intensity a little more pizzazz this year under the watch of Billy Napier who we're going to hear from 
here in just a little bit. Question of the day is up. Get your thoughts on it. What happens in the swamp on Saturday? What happens in the swamp on Saturday? Could be the Gators win big. Could be the Gators win close. There's a difference, you know. Maybe the Zebras steal it. And if you know what I'm talking about there, it's because you're paying attention to the Razorbacks throughout the years. Arkansas has gotten jobbed up late in some of those games. My goodness, the Tim Tebow game was ridiculous. Watching some clips from the end of that one. We're just making up pass interference penalties out of thin air. Okay. Or maybe the Hogs get a huge win. I'm interested to see how many of y'all at this point in time think that that is uh, even still achievable for this football program. But Arkansas and Florida coming up on Saturday. I think there's an argument to be made that this is the best, so far the best that we have seen of college football. The best that we have seen as far as the schedule and the top 25 and all the rest of it. But you get some great games this weekend nationally. Oklahoma and Oklahoma State doing their bedlam thing. 2.30. OU a five and a half point favorite. They're seven and one coming off a loss to Kansas. Okay, State has won what four in a row. They're six and two after some early season woes. Uh, other games, top twenty-five: Washington and USC meeting in Pasadena. So we got that going on. Uh, what else do we have? LSU and Bam. We'll get to the SEC in a moment. Oregon State goes to Colorado. We'll see if Deion Sanders. And the Buffaloes, after getting their uh, <clears throat> their locker room looted, right, this past weekend, can they bounce back at home against Oregon State? Man, Deion's crew is flatlined to 4-4 four and four right now. SEC on the weekend. Here are your games. Arkansas and Florida Gators favored by 6, 11 o'clock Central Time ESPN 2 on the TV. Ole Miss home for Texas A&M, also an 11 a.m. game. Rebels favored by 3.5 on that one. Uh, UConn, Tennessee. Volunteers favored by a million points. Who cares? South Carolina, Jacksonville. Are the Jaguars playing? South Carolina favored by a million. Who cares about that one? Here are the better games. Missouri and Georgia. Man, I find this game interesting. I'm sure our boy Big Papa Small will put that on our Fearless Four picks board this week. It has been a slow go of it this year in the picking, my friends, as we are flatlining at 500. Um, How about Georgia? 15 and a half point favorite. 230 on CBS for that game. Kentucky's at Mississippi State, 6.30. Cats are favored by 3.5 on the road in Stark Vegas. Auburn at Vanderbilt, nobody cares. And then LSU and Alabama meeting at Bryant-Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa will go 6.45. 6.45, the latest kick of the day uh, on CBS. Alabama's a three-point favorite at home. Could definitely see that football game sliding either way. No question about it. NFL, what do we got here? Thursday night this week, Titans-Steelers. Kind of yucky, not terrible. Amazon Prime tomorrow night. Dolphins and Chiefs will play the, I think that's the Frankfurt game, isn't it? I was going to say the London game, but this old noggin upstairs hasn't gone to mush just yet. That's Frankfurt. That's Germany as the NFL continues its expansion of its games abroad here. Chiefs are a a two-and-a-half point favorite. 8.30 Sunday morning against the Dolphins. I mean, that's the best game of the weekend. They're both 6-2. and And that game is going to have huge ramifications because the winner is going to have the tiebreaker element against the loser. So if we end up late in the year with the Chiefs and Dolphins both at 12-5 and or 13-4 and or whatever, 
the one who wins this game in Frankfurt is probably going to have home field advantage potentially throughout the AFC playoffs. Seahawks-Ravens is a really good game this this weekend. 5-2 against 6-2. Baltimore, you know, for all the talk about these other teams, here the Ravens are just finding their way, and they're 6-2, and two, and they're definitely in the mix right now for a playoff spot, if not a division title. Cowboys at Philly, Sunday afternoon, 3.30 on Fox. Eagles the three-point favorite. They're 7-1. and one. Philly's 5-2. and two. And if you're Dallas and you have hopes of getting to a Super Bowl this year, you have to win this game on the road. Philly's not a great team. Their, their running game's not great. Jalen Hurts is playing mostly good football, but a little bit shaky. I'm not sure he's an elite quarterback in the league, not a top three or four quarterback. But, man, he runs around a lot back there, kind of like Mahomes, just without the touch that Mahomes has. But I like Hurts. I always have. I just think Dallas right now, if it's going to make a run at this thing, you can't let go of the rope. You got to go on the road and win this game and make this a divisional race. Plus, you have San Francisco crashing back down to earth in its own right, and Brock Purdy starting to look more like a you know seventh round draft pick. So, Cowboys Eagles three thirty Sunday on Fox. Your Sunday night game this week is Bills Bengals on NBC. That game's in Cincinnati. Cincinnati, folks, that's a team that started really sluggish and has had some issues, obviously getting Burrow right and fixing the offensive line, but. They look like they got their swagger back now. They were, what, 0-2, 0-3, and they have stormed back. What was Cincinnati this year? It was not a pretty start for the Bengals. I think it was 0-2 for Cincinnati. Let's look back at this thing here because now I'm really curious. But Joe Burrow was having his issue. They were 0-2, and they were 1-3. But they won three straight games. And uh, look at Cincinnati getting a chance to take a swing at Buffalo, who's had a lot of injuries defensively as well. So that game's coming up on Sunday night. And then your Monday night football game this weekend, as we look ahead a few days here, the Jets are home for the Chargers. It's going to be a desperation game. I mean, every game is a desperation game for the Jets with no quarterback. But Chargers, three and four, very disappointing so far. L.A. is a three-point favorite in New Jersey. I mean, it's Herbert versus Zach Wilson here. Jets trying to get to five and three on the season, which is kind of amazing and a testament to how good their defense is. But that's Monday night's game. World Series. Let's do that, too. As we make our way through a million one headlines here, almost a disastrous disastrous loss for Texas last night. I mean, the fact that I can even say that this morning tells you Arizona threw a ton of punches late. Four runs in the eighth, two more in the ninth. But you spot Texas a 10-0 lead through three innings. And I mean, it's over. The World Series is over. I know I got Tyler and Bentonville, the Cardinals turned Rangers fan. That's a blasphemous look, by the way. Out of Tyler Hoover, who, our boy in Benville. Now that we're going to name names here, but Mr. Hoover, H-O-O-V-E-R. And um, look, he's on Twitter at HooverHog5, H-A-W-G. And this guy is a self-proclaimed St. Louis Cardinals diehard. Well, I would say back to this, Mr. Tyler, not that I've been sitting on this or anything. I would say back to that. If you're a diehard fan of any team in any sport, you can't have a genuine second favorite team. You just can't. You can say, well, when Michigan's on, I root for Michigan. Or, oh, when the Chiefs are playing, I I root for Mahomes. Okay, that's fine with a qualifier if they're on. But as far as, like, putting on the the T-shirts and hyping it up on the social media and rah, 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 I'm the biggest fan you know, not like our boy Ruggsy um, likes to do, give me a break. Anybody's got to tell everybody that the biggest fan in the world is not a real fan. And you can't be a fan of two teams. You just can't. 
It's like being a fan of Arkansas and Florida this weekend. It just doesn't work. You can't go into this game like, man, I'm rooting for Arkansas, but if they lose, Florida's my second favorite team, so I'll be happy. Has anybody ever heard that from anybody who you took seriously about sports? No. So I'm very disappointed in, in Tyler and Bentonville, who continues to uh, just go crashing down the rankings here on the new program. Question of the day today, what happens in the Swamp on Saturday? As we get that up there on the board, get a lot of interesting response. Back to the baseball. 11-7. Texas wins it. This Rangers offense, Marcus Simeon coming alive. Five ribbies last night. Hit the three-run jack in the third inning. Uh, Corey Seager's been hitting out of his mind. That's why they spent the big money on him. This guy is crushing it. Two for five. And uh, hits another jack. His sixth of the playoffs. Rangers, this is without Jake DeGrom, y'all. This is with Max Scherzer basically hurt. But five good innings at a, at a Haney. And then Dunning and Bradford get you a couple more. Now, Burke, Stratton, and Smith all had problems. He had to bring in LeClerc to get the final out of the game through 10 pitches to do it. But Arizona, just not giving you anything here. Metopoli crushed Castro. Another whole team got destroyed last night. You know, late comeback notwithstanding. So the Rangers up three games to one. Texas has never won a World Series, y'all. Not a one. Not a one. And they are trying to do it here tonight in Arizona. And look, if they don't do it tonight, they will do it in Arlington here in a couple of nights. This Rangers team has been the best team all postseason. That's really what the postseason is about. It's or Major League Baseball postseason is about being hot at the right time of year. And um, I sure don't see them falling short right now to you. And look, the Arizona Dimebacks have been a, a great story. It's been really fun to watch them make this journey this far, but tonight I think it comes to an end. Nathan Eobaldi for Texas, who's been great in the playoffs against Zach Gallen, who's been up and down. It's a rematch of game one. We'll go 7 o'clock on Fox. Texas leading three games to one. And our boy Tyler, the diehard St. Louis Cardinals fan. There's no bigger Cardinals fan turned Texas Rangers diehard. It's a really tough look at a tee. But you know what? I'm rooting for the Rangers to win tonight so Tyler can continue to make an absolute fool out of himself in front of everyone. And there you go. It's November. Happy November, my friends. So good to have you on board the show today as we get into the conversation about Arkansas Razorback football. Uh, Raiders have made a move here. This one breaking across the wire a couple hours ago. Josh McDaniels is out as the head coach of Las Vegas, uh, Dave Ziegler, the GM, fired as well. So Al Davis' son, Mark, who runs that team now, putting out a press release, and on they go. Antonio Pierce, linebacker's coach, is going to be the interim head coach. He was a player just a year or two ago, huh? That's after the Raiders got beat down by Detroit on Monday Night Football, 26-14. to But McDaniels fired, and Ziegler out. Our first college football rankings have surfaced here. Um, we'll get into that in just a moment. But uh, NFL trade deadline comes and goes. 49ers get Bryant Young from Washington for a third-round pick. Man, uh, Young is... Or Chase Young, rather. They get Bryant Young. Chase Young's been disappointing so far in his NFL career, but San Francisco trying to refine its defensive swag makes a big pickup. Josh Dobbs to Minnesota, probably the other biggest move here at the NFL trade deadline, which is mostly not... Um, not a sexy trade deadline at all. College football rankings. 
Ohio State, Georgia. Yeah, Ohio State at the top. What is that? Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, and Florida State are your top four. Washington and Oregon right behind Texas and Alabama. So the first college football rankings mostly reflect where the polls have things. Air Force at eight, no. The only other undefeated team other than the top five is Air Force, who's 25th in the rankings. Uh, Arkansas did not make it into the first college football rankings of the year. So that's what you got there. And that's the good stuff, isn't it? James Harden to the Clippers. Are we excited? No. Not whatsoever. Uh, NBA going. Talk a little Pro Hogs later. Got some debuts going on around the NBA for some Pro Hogs right now. Knicks beat the Cavs on the road by 20 last night. Spurs beat the Suns by a point. Clippers over the Magic by 16. Anthony Black's not getting nearly enough run for Orlando. Just four minutes yesterday. It's time to play the kid. Let's free AB in Orlando. 20 minutes in front of the top of the hour. So good to have you on board. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Some sound for Billy Napier. Your thoughts on Saturday's game. Jackson Collier live in 20 minutes from Arkansas Rivals. It's the real NWAJB, and it's going to be a beautiful day. Headed for a high in the 50s, which is a lot warmer than it has been the last couple of days. My goodness, it was cold last night, huh? From the Bunker Studio, we're coming right back. On the square in Fayetteville, Hugo's is an institution. A basement burger den with a funky vibe. Great food, casual American eats, and a big-time beer selection as well. Check out Hugo's every day of the week except Sunday. Open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. See their delicious food game online as well in pictures at Hugo's Fayetteville on Instagram. When you want a great meal in an awesome location, it's Hugo's on the square in downtown Fayetteville. Hey! Hey guys, it's Brian Small. I'm the owner of Gravity Design Labs, a proud sponsor of JB's new show. When he needed help with his big rebrand, I was the first person he called, and he still talks about my design work every day. Well, the truth is, I can help you with your project too. From high-quality graphic design work to branding new businesses or rebranding an existing business to web design, social media, marketing, and more. See my stuff for yourself on Instagram at Gravity Design Labs. And don't be afraid to reach out. I'm a diehard Razorback fan too. Go Hawks! If you need help in a difficult situation, reach out to Mock Legal Solutions. They have a passion for family law, and they will always be in your corner. Listen to their core principles. Affordability, accessibility, convenience, and results. Mock Legal Solutions of Fort Smith. Real advice at a reasonable price. Call or text 479-769-1505. Or email mocklegalsolutions at gmail.com. Folks, thank you so much for making our new program, The Real NWAJB, part of your daily routine already. Live at 7 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday, for 90 minutes, talking Razorbacks and everything else in the wide world of sports. We do the show live on the Podbean app, and you can too, by using Bluetooth in your car or at home. We work on smart speakers, podcasts available anytime you want, Spotify, Apple, and more. It's The Real NWAJB, there for you, the people. Appreciate you listening. If you can, do us a favor and tell a friend too. 
intense party rentals. Whether you're planning a catered affair, corporate event, town festival, wedding, or a banger backyard party, you've come to the right place. Rain or shine, indoors or out, intense party rentals. Arkansas's finest tent and party rental company. Call us at 479-231-8568 or see our stuff on Instagram at intense party rentals. Pig Suey! Your boy is back, and so is football season. And the internet's a heck of a thing. You have a million and one options out there at your fingertips. So many different things you can tune into, you can throw on, and listen to or watch and we appreciate your finding the quality content here that you've chosen to listen to on the real nwajb arkansas razorbacks go-to program a choice for you the people people's postgame show coming up after this arkansas florida game for i'm thinking a 2:30 get-go on saturday afternoon if you haven't already give us a channel subscription on youtube and you'll be able to watch or listen to the show right there Podbean Live is making it happen for you all in the mornings. Apple, Spotify, any podcast platform you're looking for. And we got your hook up there, too. Uh, we've done a lot of sports talk so far today. You'd expect that from a show like this. Hope everyone's doing well here on the 1st of November. Our question of the day, what happens in the swamp on Saturday? Give you some different options on the board. Promise you some Billy Napier sound. Let's do some of that now. Talking to the media, giving you a feel for it. And man, Billy Napier is starting to do some things right. This was a really good coach at Lafayette for a long time. Made them feisty and is finding a way to change the identity at Florida, too. Let's listen in. Here's a little bit of Billy Napier as we continue here on the show. Makes me realize, and I think we all know this, and you guys obviously um, cover our team, but everything matters. You know, all parts of what we do contribute to the final result. And I think you, you really, for me, uh, causes me to double down on kind of what we believe, you know, from an evaluation standpoint, recruitment standpoint, having continuity and system relative to the concepts that you run, you know, scheme adjustments. I do think there's a development component to that as well. Um, the accumulation of reps, right? Building depth on your team. I do think that the competition that is the quality of your walk-on program and how that can improve your practice environment. And I think the situational football and the game management piece, you know, as you as we go, becomes really important. You know, it's just there's a set of values, there's a character that you'd like your team to play with. There's some chemistry, there's a togetherness. All these things are important. You know, I think for me, walking off that field Saturday, that's how I felt. I feel the same way today after watching the film. I do think there's a lot of positives on the tape. There's also areas where we have issues and we need to get better. I do think that some of the things that happen in the game are very fixable. You know, I think ultimately when we look at that with the players, I think they feel the same way. And I know as a staff, there are things that we can do from a concept standpoint that can help the players in all three parts of our team. So, you know, I think we had a good day with the players yesterday. Um, I've got confidence in our group relative to their attitude uh, and their approach. 
you know, I think the, the key thing for us here is what matters most today. You know, I think regardless of what's happened in the past, um, I do think that this is a group, every single detail this week, really challenging all parts of the organization to do their best work. You know, we need to be operating at our best, firing on all cylinders. We need to lead our people. We need to impact our people um, and get consumed with preparing for this game. You know, I think Arkansas, although their record doesn't reflect it, they've been in every football game. This is a game that's lost a lot of close games. I do think that they've played really good defense uh, for the most part. No, no, offensively, they've made a change. I know Sam Pittman personally, and I have a ton of respect for him as a coach and a man. Um, and I do think they're a lot closer than their record indicates. So this will be a challenge. Um, you know, we're excited about playing in front of a sold-out crowd. Um, I do think this week, for me, is um, – Important a lot for a lot of reasons. You know, we're doing something really unique relative to the saluting those who serve uh, theme of the week. And we're going to honor all of our military members, uh, our veterans, uh, local first responders are included uh, in that group. We're going to wear black uniforms uh, for the first time in school history. And I know everybody's excited about the uniform. But I, I do think it's important. I don't want to lose sight of the intent here, you know, relative to what we're trying to do. Really want to create awareness and show gratitude and appreciation for these people who chose a life of service uh, and ultimately put their life at risk to protect some of these freedoms that I believe sometimes we ultimately take for granted. So each player on the team's jersey will display. Uh, one of the five core values on the back of the nameplate. And uh, we worked uh, with the military branches in the state and here locally and allowed them to select the core value that they wanted to use. Uh, the five core values are honor, courage, commitment, excellence, and integrity. Um, so you'll see that this week when we play. We're also going to uh, carry out the Prisoner of War missing an action flag of the tunnel this week. I do think it's important that we never forget those prisoners of war, their sacrifice, uh, and certainly those that are missing in action. Also want to point out that our civil engagement uh, piece with the players today, uh, 2.45 today, we're going over to the Veterans Affair Medical Center here, Randall Malcolm center in Gainesville and spent some time with some veterans with our players. And we're hopeful that that experience, along with a number of speakers that we'll have at practice, we're going to have um, someone from different branches of our military talk to the team. We started that last night with the team. So it's an important week in that regard. Certainly it's a critical week for our football team relative to where we're at. And certainly Arkansas presents a number of challenges. So I know you got questions. Here. Let's uh if we can, let's call it right there. Got you about six, seven minutes of Billy Napier's sound. And I thought some interesting thoughts there from the head gator uh coach who uh you know obviously has done a decent job there at Florida so far, trying to get that team to buy into an identity change. Doesn't have maybe the elite skill position personnel that he needs yet to make Florida 
kind of back to the opening monologue tonight, anywhere close to what it used to be. But I feel like he's the guy for them. I mean, I feel like they have found a coach. Now, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work out. Dan Mullen, very talented coach too. Did not work out for him at Florida, even after a couple very successful seasons. But uh, there's something about Napier that's just likable. There's something about him that um, just kind of resonates. I think he's a real person. And it reminds me of Sam Pittman as well because of the elements of just being a genuine person and stepping up to the microphone and looking you in the eye. And I don't know. He's not a BSer. I don't get that vibe. I have a Sam Pittman. I don't get it out of Billy Napier either. No matter what, you give him credit for that. These guys are keeping it real. You know, we value that around here on the real NWA JB. Good to get some Billy Napier sound in the mix. Obviously, we heard from Sam Pittman on the show yesterday as he got you fired up for the game coming up around the corner. And um, look, I mean, Florida presents a lot of unique challenges and Pittman laid them out for you pretty good. Promised you a little bit on that front, too, as we work through the show. And uh, look, let's get a little more of that right here. Here is Sam Pittman talking about the Florida challenge from his team's perspective. There's a little different feel in the building. Uh, I think everybody has taken to Coach Guyton. I think everybody's excited for him. Obviously, I think we've got some bumps and bruises healed up a little bit better than what we had before. Uh, Coach, you mentioned get some bumps and bruises healed. Is there any chance for Rocket Sanders this week? Well, he's back, so we'll see. We, I anticipated practicing today, but how much he can do, I, I, I don't know. But I would, I'll know more about that when I talk to y'all on Wednesday. Because obviously, I don't know where he is physically. Did you watch any football this weekend? Or? I started out watching A&M and uh, South Carolina. Headed to watch Georgia, Florida, and and uh, watch that, and then took a little nap and watched the end of the Colorado game. It was fun to be a spectator with no pressure, you know, and no not having to make any decisions. <laughs> Just sat there and have an old cold beer, so it was fun. And you mentioned simplifying the playbook. Thirty percent of it we cut out. We're trying to do the things we do well, you know, and more specific to what we can do versus how to attack a defense. Now, hopefully they'll combine with checks and RPOs and a way to throw off of that and run off of that. But probably about 30% and probably cut another five last night, to be honest with you, because some of the things we had in. So you have to cut your playbook down a little bit because of that. What we're doing, I think we're doing pretty good. What do you think overall of the Gators? Uh, a lot of team speed. You really want to stay out of third and long. They've got a lot of stuff. So we'll figure out exactly how we're attacking that. we got an idea of how we think we can win third down. They're a lot like Georgia was, you know, a net, um, odd front with four-man front, a lot of field pressure. Boundary free safety pressure, third down, big time exotic team. Offensively, they want to get the ball to the edge, you know, whether it's stretch, whether it's the reverses. I really like what they're doing offensively. They are hiding the football. You know, it's old school wing T, you know, who has the ball. I mean, it's not wing T, but you get the idea that they want you to figure out where the ball is a little late and a lot of dressing pre-snap and post-snap, but they're they're really wanting to uh, attack the edges, uh, no matter what that might be. A lot of reverses, a lot of jet sweeps. They've got two, at least two, really good running backs. 
that they love to run the stretch with, and they're both really good players. Their quarterback, you know, is very accurate. Doesn't throw a lot of deep balls, but the balls that he throws, he's very, very, very accurate. Very good. Dan Pittman, giving you a little feel for Florida after Billy Napier gives you a feel for Arkansas. It is Saturday morning at 11 a.m. for this kickoff in Gainesville in the Swamp. Our question of the day, what are you expecting to go down in this game? Get some interesting responses out of y'all. Options on the board. Gators win big. Gators win close. Perhaps Arkansas gets a huge win or maybe the Zebras steal it, which nobody wants, but got to be a factor out there as well. We are one hour into this thing. Why don't we take a break? We'll come back. Jackson Collier joins us in the mix. Talk a little bit of basketball as the Hogs get the must bus refueled and ready to go. Alcorn State on Monday night, y'all. Five days away from the official season opener. Though, let's be real, that Purdue game was the season opener. Thanks so much for listening. Follow, listen, watch, subscribe across the social media at The Real and WAJB. We're coming back.